Father, we pray that you would speak to us now, that we would see a vision of your glory, that we would give our lives to follow you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. So says the prophet Micah, pointing forward to a time when war will be no more, when weapons of war won't be needed. When swords and spears will be refashioned into farm implements. When peace and harmony will reign. And perhaps as we gather on Remembrance Sunday, that's our longing too. As we remember those from this village and district who marched off to war or served in our province to keep peace, we are only too aware of the pain and suffering and devastation of war and terrorism. The names we recognise, the people we knew and loved, we remember them with pride and with sorrow. And we long for the day when war will be no more, when no one else has to suffer in the same way again. Following the horror of the Great War, the war to end all wars, or so they thought, the League of Nations was formed to be a group of nations that worked together to keep peace. The leaders of the nation said, never again. And yet, as we know, within 19 years, World War II had begun. And so the nations tried again. After the ending of the Second World War, the United Nations was born. Its primary purpose is to maintain international peace and security, as well as developing friendly relations among nations achieving international cooperation and being a centre for harmonising the actions of the nations. By and large, it has helped to maintain peace. And yet we're all too aware of conflicts since 1945 and those which are still ongoing today. The vision of Micah won't be accomplished by the work of the United Nations. But Micah's prophecy will be fulfilled and the nations will be united under one king with one common purpose. And we see it in our second reading on page 1238 of our Pew Bibles. Revelation can sometimes be thought of as a strange book, one that's hard to grasp and difficult 
to understand. But it can be summed up in just two words. Jesus wins. Revelation is a revealing and unfurling of the story of world history given to the Apostle John to strengthen and encourage Christians who were facing trouble and danger and persecution. And in chapter 7, John is given a vision of a great multitude that no one could count. Think of the biggest crowd that you have ever been a part of and then multiply that over and over and over again. And in this huge multitude, the nations are united. There are people in this great multitude, verse 9, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Somewhere in the crowd are Northern Irish people, Ulster Scots, Scots, English, Welsh, Irish, and every other people group. However you identify yourself, whatever your heritage, there will be people like you among that crowd. And where is this great multitude? Verse 9 tells us, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. The throne is God's throne and the Lamb is the Lord Jesus. This throne is in heaven. And they're all dressed the same and they're all doing the same thing. They were wearing they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, "Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb." They're joined by the angels and elders and the four living creatures in giving praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength to God. Now John had previously seen the angels and the elders and the four living creatures in chapters 4 and 5. But this crowd is new. He hasn't seen them before. They weren't there earlier but now they are. It's a bit of a mystery to him. Perhaps it's a bit like a flash mob. I wonder, uh, maybe you've seen a video or something like that. People are going about their shopping in a shopping centre and then suddenly someone starts to sing and then other people from the choir start to appear and to join in singing with them. Well, who are these people? Where did they come from? They're dressed the same. They're shouting the same. We're maybe used to people dressing the same and shouting the same at football matches. But not with white robes and palm branches. So who are they? Where did they come from? That's what John is wanting to know. And yet one of the elders asks him that question. Perhaps you've had something similar happen. Someone knows something that you don't, and so they ask you so that you have to ask them. They ask so that they can then tell you. And that's what's happening here. 
The elder asks who they are, where they came from. And John can only say, sir, you know. And what's the answer that he's given? It's there in verse 14. These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The great tribulation speaks of tremendous suffering, of a difficult experience, of standing against the full forces of the world, the flesh and the devil. These people from every nation have served God in the period between Jesus' resurrection and his return. They have washed their robes and made them white, but not in daz or bold or using vanish or whichever detergent you use. What has made their robes white? The blood of the Lamb. Doesn't seem possible, does it? You see, if you're doing the laundry and you happen to put one red sock in the wash with your whites, uh, they won't stay white. They'll turn pink. But the dirty robe washed in the blood of the Lamb comes out spotless and white. The elder is saying that this crowd has trusted in the Lord Jesus. They depend on his blood shed for them at the cross. This is their hope, their means of pardon and peace. The blood of Jesus is our only hope. Do you see the connection there between verse 14 And verse 15, it is only those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb who therefore, this is the present reality for those who have died trusting in Christ. They have not been lost. We know exactly where they are. They are with God. They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote about in his letter to the Philippians. When he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Even though these Christian believers have been taunted in life, where is your God? We can't see him. In death, they are with him, as near as could be, seeing him face to face. And being with God, they lack nothing. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. In life they may have suffered hunger and thirst, but gathered before the throne, there is no lack. And it's because the lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. 
The Lamb is the one who shepherds, guiding to springs of living water. Jesus himself is our shepherd, not just in this life, but even in glory. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. It's as if God has the Kleenex tissues at the ready, wiping away at any tears. It's God who removes suffering and ushers us into his presence. You can see how this would be a great comfort and encouragement for John's first readers. People from their church, people they knew well, had died. Maybe even been killed as Christian martyrs. And they are safe and secure. God's sheltered people, shepherded by Jesus in white robes of purity and joy. And there is comfort here for us as well. Our loved ones who die in the love of Christ are also found in this multitude. They too are safe and secure with Christ. We may experience loss, but they are at home with the Lord. Perhaps when grief overwhelms us, it would be good to read this passage again and to read about where our loved ones are standing before the throne of God. But what about us? What about you? Is this your future? Are you in this picture? People from every nation are gathered in heaven, but not everybody from every nation. The rest of Revelation and the rest of the Bible makes that abundantly clear. Everybody doesn't go to heaven. Heaven is only for those who trust in Jesus, those who wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb, who trust in Jesus' death on the cross to take away our sins. So are you trusting in Jesus today? Have you asked him to take away your sins? It's only in Jesus that our robes can be white and our future bright. As the crowd cries out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Amen. Let us pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, picture of heaven. This picture of nations united under your son. All those who are trusting in Jesus. Father we pray that you would help us to trust in Jesus. That our robes would be made white. 
through his blood shed for us. Father, we pray that you would help us to follow him, to be shepherded by him. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.